Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good morning. It's Tuesday. Big changes on the way in the weather. Yeah, and they're happening from coast to coast. We're tracking all of it. It's January 17th, and this is Today. On alert, millions in the Midwest and the South facing a new round of severe storms today on the heels of rare January tornadoes. Whoa, big tornado. While out west, finally some relief in the forecast after nearly three weeks of near constant rain, damaging winds and snow. Now's got everything we need to know. Stunning twist. A losing candidate in New Mexico described as an election denier arrested in connection with a series of shootings targeting the homes of elected officials. These shootings were orchestrated. They were dangerous attacks. We'll have the latest in that bizarre case. Turning up the heat, the growing firestorm over those classified files discovered at President Biden's Delaware home. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle demanding answers. Are these all the documents? Are there more out there? A live report from the White House just ahead. Runway scare. Multiple investigations now underway into that near collision between two planes at New York's JFK. That's the 1943 cancel takeoff plane. As we hear the frantic warnings from air traffic control for the very first time. Those stories plus, Dallas dominates. The Cowboys crush the Buccaneers to advance in the NFL playoffs. A disappointing night for Tampa's Tom Brady. The question now, was it the final game of the star's legendary career? Today, Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Good, good to see you on a Tuesday. Happy that you're with us. Uh, it looks like Brady's kind of saying goodbye. He it, left the field. He tipped his hat, kissed his mom and dad. But wait, I've seen that movie before. Yeah, yeah I don't know what's going to happen with him. He did. He kind of looked like he was putting a little bow on it during the news conference. But we will see. I'm sure you never know what Tom Brady And a big win for the Cowboys. Yeah, so the uh, playoffs are set. Wildcard weekend lived up to the hype. It sure did. But first, let's get to our top story. Extreme weather all across the country, including some rare January tornadoes in Iowa. A first there, by the way, in nearly 50 years. Meanwhile, in Arizona, residents near Scottsdale are on the verge of running out of water because of the ongoing drought there. And of course, this has been a problem also in California. Nearly three weeks of heavy rain and high winds have left what some fear could be a permanent mark on the state. So different, obviously, than the drought conditions in Arizona. Sure. Al's got the full forecast, including some good news for the folks out west. But we do start with NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer in Northern California. Hey, Miguel, good morning. Hoda, good morning. The damage you see behind me is playing out on far too many roads across California. We're actually standing on Highway 9, and that's a massive hillside that just tumbled onto the road below. Work crews here say it'll take weeks, if not months, to repairs and millions of dollars just to clear this one highway. And while the rain's expected to stop, the damage here is done. This morning, California is on shaky ground, a state known for earthquakes now facing a series of dangerous landslides. Crashing down with tons of deadly force, roads, bridges, and highways are being buried under feet of debris. In less than three weeks, over 400 mudslides reported. 
Now that the White House has declared a disaster declaration, cities and counties across California will begin to assess the damage and the repairs. Experts believe the damage to infrastructure could easily top a billion dollars and take months to fix. With this dumping deluge triggered by a series of 10 relentless storms hammering the state since Christmas, at least 22 lives have been lost, according to an NBC News count, and thousands remain under evacuation order. This used to be a 50-year flood zone, and now it's a three- to five-year flood zone. From massive floods to blinding flurries, even the Sierras are buried under several feet of snow. Meanwhile, the Midwest also getting hit hard by extreme weather. Whoa, big tornado. Two rare tornado reports in Iowa with wind speeds up to 90 miles per hour. The state's first in January since the 1960s. But back in California, the deadly winter weather is finally beginning to clear, bringing a massive trail of destruction back into focus. There's probably about 10 or 12 feet high of mud and trees and debris and dirt. It's extraordinary. I don't really know what we're going to do. We'll figure it out. On Thursday, President Biden's expected to visit California to meet with first responders and the men and women who are cleaning up disasters like the one behind me. Of course, getting from location to location will have its challenges. Hoda. All right, Miguel Almaguer for us there at West. Miguel, thank you. Lots for Al to chew over on Mm -hmm. this Tuesday morning. Morning to you. Yeah, good morning, guys, and good morning to you. And the good news is one more storm to affect parts of Northern California into the Pacific Northwest. So through Thursday, lighter amounts of rain. Uh, Southern California, not going to see too much, but this will be finally ending and then an extended period of drier weather. However, as that secondary storm now makes its way east, 19 million people under winter storm watches and warnings. We're looking at that snow now firing up through the Rockies. So for today, as that system moves east, heavy snow, slow going through the Rockies, scattered showers, New Mexico and Texas. Tomorrow, as this system moves to the east, we are looking for the risk of tornadoes in that same area that got hit before. We're watching. One of the problems is the Gulf of Mexico is really unusually warm. And so that's been fueling those tornadoes. We're not looking for an outbreak, but we're going to have to continue to watch this because we do have that threat. And then Thursday, Thursday, it pushes up into the Great Lakes and ahead of the system, wet weather, some snow in northern New England, rainfall amounts heaviest down Memphis, just to the west of Nashville, rainfall rates of up to an inch. And we look at parts of Nebraska, they could have upwards of a foot of snow, lighter amounts as you move up into the Great Lakes. Guys. All right, Al, thank you so much. Let's move now to a bizarre case out of New Mexico where an arrest has been made in connection with a series of recent shootings at the homes of Democratic lawmakers. The suspect, an unsuccessful candidate for the state legislature labeled an election denier. NBC's Garrett Haig has more on that. Hey, Garrett, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. Bizarre is right. Police describe these shootings as organized and the suspect now in custody, they say, is the mastermind behind this plan. The motive, they believe, is simple. Anger over an election loss. This morning, a former Republican candidate is behind bars in New Mexico for a string of shootings allegedly targeting the homes of local Democratic officials. These shootings were orchestrated. They were dangerous attacks, not only to these individuals, but fundamentally also to democracy. Police arrested Solomon Pena on Monday, describing him as an unsuccessful legislative candidate. He had complaints about his election. He felt it was rigged. So he approached all of these commissioners and the senators at their home with paperwork claiming that they were um, there was fraud. 
Back in November, Pena lost his race for state representative decisively. In his last tweet, posted nearly a week after the election, he expresses his support for former President Donald Trump, while writing, quote, I never conceded, now researching my options. Now, police are accusing him of conspiring with and paying four other men to shoot at the homes of two county commissioners and two state legislators. After the election in November, Solomon Pena reached out and contracted someone uh, for a, a, a amount of cash money to commit at least two of these shootings. On January 3rd, the date of the last reported shooting, police say Pena joined the men, attempting to fire at one of the homes himself. But the weapon he used had malfunctioned. That morning, less than an hour later, police confiscated weapons connected to the shooting from a vehicle registered to Pena. The driver was also arrested. Uh, the evidence that we have is not only firearm, but it's also from cell phones and electronic records, surveillance video, and uh, multiple witnesses. Over the course of a month, police say four homes were damaged. Two sprayed with more than a dozen shots. Fortunately, no one was injured. This type of radicalism is a threat to our nation, and it has made its way to our doorstep right here in Albuquerque. Garrett, we've also learned this morning that Pena possibly had a criminal history before all of this. What have you learned? Yes, Savannah, according to the Albuquerque Journal, Pena served nearly seven years in prison in 2008 in what was reported as a smash and grab scheme. This created some controversy during his campaign last year. There's no word yet, by the way, on the charges expected to be filed in this case, but officials say Pena will be charged with several state crimes. Investigators are also still looking into two other individuals who were involved. NBC News has reached out to Pena's campaign for comment, but so far, no response. Savannah. All right, Garrett, thank you so much. Well, elsewhere in Washington, with a special counsel already appointed, Republicans are demanding even more answers from President Biden over his handling of classified material. The White House has acknowledged over the weekend that additional documents were found at his home in Delaware late last week. NBC's chief White House correspondent Kristen Walker's got the latest. Kristen, good morning. Hi, Savannah. Good morning to you. That's right. The calls for answers and information growing louder this morning with Republicans demanding to see the visitor logs from President Biden's Delaware home. That's one of two locations where classified documents was found. The political fallout, Savannah, growing, too, with key questions lingering, including why it took the White House months to reveal the recovered records. This morning, President Biden is facing growing calls for transparency from Republicans and even some Democrats amid the special counsel's investigation into his handling of classified documents after he left the Obama administration. How do you think that the classified documents got into your The president ignored questions about the inquiry Monday. But pressure is mounting. After this weekend, the White House Counsel's Office said additional pages of classified documents were discovered inside the president's Delaware home. In response, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee asked the White House for visitor logs of his residence, citing national security concerns. But the White House and the Secret Service say they do not maintain visitor logs for the president's home because it's a private residence. A spokesman for the White House Counsel's Office saying in a statement, like every president across decades of modern history, his personal residence is personal. A Secret Service spokesperson saying the agency does perform background checks on visitors who come into contact with the Bidens at both of their Delaware homes, but that those documents are only kept for a limited time. But Republicans still demanding more answers. The security cameras that remember the FBI when they raided Mar-a-Lago, did they do the same with Joe Biden? 
Yeah, we're uh, you know get he has that. surveillance cameras there. I think we want to collect more of the data, more of the information. Are these all the documents? Are there more out there? It comes after about a dozen initially discovered at Mr. Biden's private office, including at least one document marked top secret, according to sources familiar with the matter. That followed by two batches discovered in Delaware, including inside his garage. What's not yet clear, the total number of classified records recovered. Now, three sources familiar with the matter tell NBC News President Biden is frustrated with the backlash and with his administration's response, which has left key questions unanswered. And just underscoring this point, the attorney general just appointed a special counsel to look into the matter. The White House saying it's fully cooperating. And of course, a special counsel has been appointed to look into former President Trump's handling of classified documents. As you'll recall, his Mar-a-Lago estate was searched late last year and more than 100 classified documents recovered there after he refused a request to turn over the materials to the National Archives. Now, according to multiple reports, the Justice Department is looking to interview people who searched Mr. Trump's properties last year, Savannah. All right, Kristen Welker at the White House. Thank you, Kristen. 713, Craig joins the table. Another story we're following yeah. very closely. Hello, Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. We are learning some new details this morning about that tragic plane crash in Nepal over the weekend. With 72 people on board, it is that country's deadliest airplane accident in three decades. NBC's Molly Hunter joins us where a look at where the investigation stands. Molly, good morning to you. Craig, good morning to you. The investigation is moving forward. Now, Nepalese authorities say that those black boxes recovered yesterday will be sent to France for investigation. The aircraft itself was French-made. And, of course, listening to those final conversations between pilot and co-pilot will be crucial to understanding what went wrong in those final seconds. This morning, the grim work of returning the bodies of victims to their families is beginning. Yeti Airlines 691 crashed in the Himalayas with 72 people on board, and authorities say there are no survivors. According to Nepal's civil aviation authorities, French investigators will be on site today. The twin-engine turboprop ATR-72 aircraft is French-made. And authorities add the cockpit voice recorder and flight data recorder, both recovered intact, will be sent to France for investigation. Sunday's flight was supposed to be a routine trip, just 27 minutes from the capital Kathmandu to the popular tourist destination of Pakra. This video, a Facebook live stream showing the plane coming into land and all appears normal. Then captured in its final seconds from a rooftop, the plane can be seen banking hard to the left, then rolling 90 degrees, then flying out of the shot before crashing. Aviation experts point to the possibility of an aerodynamic stall when a plane suddenly flies too slowly and loses its lift. They're going to have to determine why uh, that airplane was flying so slow and, and also to see if they, uh, they had the airplane properly configured. Nepal's aviation safety record is spotty. This is a risky place to fly. It does take a flight crew special training to be able to fly into these airports because you are maneuvering uh, very steeply to align yourself with runways because of the terrain. Yeti Airlines tells NBC News the co-pilot was a veteran of the route. A tragic family story, Anju Ketawada joined Nepal's Yeti Airlines in 2010 after her husband, also a pilot, died in a plane crash in 2006. A Yeti spokesperson says she got her pilot's training with the money she received from insurance after her husband's death. 
Now, this new international airport just opened up a few weeks ago, very close to the old international airport. But we are learning this morning that apparently the pilot asked for a change in runway minutes before landing. Investigators will certainly be looking at that, too. Craig? Such a tragic story. Molly Hunter for us. Molly, thank you. Got a lot more to get to, including the NFL playoffs. The next round set after the Dallas Cowboys crushed Tampa Bay last night, an outcome that's fueling a lot of speculation about the future of the Buck star quarterback, Tom Brady. NBC's Morgan Chesky, he's got more on that. Hey, Morgan. Hey, Oda, good morning. And, you know, we've seen him engineer many a fourth quarter comeback, but last night just didn't seem to be in the cards for Tom Brady, who appeared to be just a mere mortal against the Dallas Cowboys. And if there's ever been any question about the impact that he's had on the league afterwards, it was equal parts. How about them Cowboys? But also what comes next for Tom Brady? This morning, unfamiliar territory for quarterback Tom Brady. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers wildcard loss last night against Dallas, cutting his playoff run short and marking the end of a tumultuous season for number 12. Dallas easily defeating the Bucs 31-14, with Dak Prescott throwing for four touchdowns and running for a fifth, although the Cowboys kicker missed a record four extra point attempts, generating this reaction from Peyton and Eli Manning. Monday's matchup, the only time Brady's been unable to put up points in the first half of a playoff game in 12 years. The veteran QB even throwing his first red zone interception as a Buccaneer. And Monday's defeat giving the NFL's oldest active player his first ever career loss to the Cowboys. I'm going to go home and get a good night's sleep. It's just be one day at a time, truly. After initially retiring from football last February, the seven-time Super Bowl champ calling an audible just weeks later, returning for his 23rd season. Make no mistake, it was a very, very tough year both on and off the field for Tom Brady. In August, Brady made headlines after leaving training camp for more than a week. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on, so, you know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can. And... Giselle, give him a kiss! In October, Brady and supermodel Giselle Bungeon finalized their divorce after 13 years of marriage. All of it happening while the Bucks tried to find their rhythm on the field. You know, I think we've struggled pretty much at everything. Despite making the playoffs, Tampa Bay finished with a losing record the first of Brady's career. And now with his 2023 plans a mystery, number 12's next move is up in the air. And if this was indeed the last time we saw number 12 on a football field, he doesn't have a bad option. Fox Sports reportedly offering him about $300 million to join their team as a sports analyst. That said, Brady says he wants to take his time and consider options. There are still other NFL teams who could be potential suitors including San Francisco 49ers. Of course, Brady grew up on the West Coast. However, his three kids still live on the East Coast. So a lot of things to consider here when it comes to Brady's future. Guys. Yeah. All right. Damn. Morgan Chesky. Morgan, thank you. What do you think? Think he comes back? Well, you know what? When he was leaving the field, I just thought it was interesting. He tipped his hat. He yeah. kissed his mom and dad who are waiting right there. Yeah. Just, and his speech at the end seemed a little yeah. like a bow on it. But you never know. But he might not want to end like, like that. Maybe you never yeah. know. Yeah. That's no. the problem. I agree. We shall see. All right. The only person who knows the future is out. That's it's true. Yes. What you got? Actually, Tom Brady's coming to do weather. Oh, <laughs> amazing. There you go. Perfect. So, there's that. Of course. I'm kidding, Dylan. Really. <laughs> 
Uh, look for showers in the mid-Atlantic states. Record highs are going to be developing down through Texas. Going to look at that. Heavy snow in the Rockies and good news for our friends out west. Things drying out finally. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al. Thank you. Coming up, the search for answers after a very close call at JFK's airport. Two planes nearly colliding. Tom Costello on the story this morning. Yeah, veteran investigators say this was just about as serious as it gets. This Delta Airlines speeding down the runway, accelerating, then slamming on the brakes to avoid hitting that American Airlines flight. We're looking into what happened when we come back on the Today Show. All right, Tom, thanks. Plus, with the volatility of gas prices, are you thinking about going electric? Vicki Wynn, she's going to compare the costs and other key factors to consider if you're in the market for a new car. But first, this is Today on NBC. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. (laughs) Oh, she is gone. What's missing from that picture? Little old Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Look, she hung around a long time. She She had a good long life. She did. Stayed here till mid-January. Anyway, Christmas is 342 days away. Oh, I cannot believe you just said that. (laughs) I cannot believe it. Uh, Yes, it's January. Let's move on into the new year. Mm -hmm. Let's begin this half hour. We've got the headlines at 730. China's population fell last year for the first time in six decades. It's a historic turn with profound implications for the world's second largest economy. The country reported a drop of roughly 850,000 people in 2022, marking the first decline since 1961. Experts say much of the downturn is the result of China's one-child policy imposed between 1980 and 2015. Also, sky-high education costs have led many couples to put off having children or decide not to have any at all. An Indiana man is due in court this week after his young son was seen on a security video waving a loaded handgun around an apartment complex. Check out the doorbell video cam. You can see the toddler on the second floor landing just outside of his apartment. He's holding what police say is a Smith & Wesson semi-automatic handgun. Neighbors called police. The boy's father was arrested Saturday night on neglect charges. Thankfully, though, nobody was hurt. Wow. Brittany Griner made a surprise public appearance yesterday at the Martin Luther King Jr. March in downtown Phoenix. As you can see there, Griner posing 
for some pictures with fans who are very excited to see the WNBA star in person for the first time since her release from a Russian prison. Griner, who was with her wife, Sherelle, said she was happy to be home. Also this morning, a close call at JFK Airport here in New York. It's now the subject of two federal investigations. Yeah, a Delta flight was forced to abort its takeoff at the last second when an American flight cut across the runway. NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation. He's been talking to experts about this one. Hey, Tom, what do you know? Yeah, good morning. Both the NTSB and the FAA are investigating this incident. The FAA calls this a Category A incident. That means there would have been a crash if not for controllers' very quick actions. Both planes were loaded with passengers and crews. Thankfully, air traffic controllers saw what was happening and ordered both planes to stop with just seconds to spare. You can hear the urgency in the air traffic controller's voice. Delta 1943, cancel takeoff plans. Delta 1943, cancel takeoff plans. Delta 1943 was speeding down JFK runway 4-left after being cleared for takeoff when American Flight 106 started to taxi across the same runway. American 106 heavy, American 106 heavy, hold position. American 106 heavy, hold position. The Delta 737 was traveling at 115 miles per hour, a potential collision just seconds away. Rejecting. Listen to the Delta pilot's reaction. All right, then. Uh, ooh, the Delta 1943. Brian Healy was a passenger on the Delta flight. There was no sense of uh, pandemonium. There was no sense of um, crisis. I think there was calm um, and patience on the part of the passengers, and that's largely thanks to the crew and the pilot in particular. When the American 777 pilot asked what happened, the controller said he had apparently made a wrong turn and lined up on the wrong runway. You were supposed to depart runway four left. You're currently holding short of uh, three one left. Where was the miscommunication between the American crew and the air traffic controllers? The Delta crew was doing exact everything they were told to do. A lot has changed since a horrific runway crash in the Canary Islands when two fully loaded 747s crashed into each other in a fiery crash in 1977. 583 people died. Today, modern airports are equipped with ground radar systems that track every plane's runway movements, runway status lights that signal when a runway is busy, automated collision alert systems, and a tower constantly scanning runways and taxiways. Steve Abraham's been 27 years as a JFK controller. When a controller clears an aircraft for takeoff, and when you say takeoff, you're looking at the airplane at the approach end of the runway, having scanned the full length of the runway to ensure it's clear. Thankfully, the controllers on duty saw the potential disaster and radioed both pilots to stop. Delta says it's cooperating with the investigation. American is referring all questions to the FAA. But veteran pilots and controllers point out, Human error is a fact of life. The system is meant to catch the errors. Thankfully, that's what happened. Yeah, thankfully is right. All right. Meantime, uh, Tom, we've got some other aviation news. So the TSA announced that they made a really unbelievable discovery. It was in a checked bag. What can you tell us? The TSA just tweeted out this image. Take a look at what they've confiscated just in the last day or so. Wow, an 84-millimeter caliber weapon in checked luggage, undeclared according to the TSA. Uh, We don't have the exact airport where this was discovered, but it was in a southwest airport. The bottom line here is that last year, in 2022, the TSA confiscated 6,300 weapons at checkpoints, 
Nothing like this. This is this is new. Uh, and you can face a fine of up to $15,000 per weapon if you try to get it through a checkpoint. Again, this was in checked luggage, but not checked appropriately with the airline. Wow. All right, Tom Costello for us. I don't even know what to say after that. I know. That's, well, we'll look into it. Yeah. I see if the TSA yeah. releases more details yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. Coming up, we'll talk about you, <laughs> lifestyle changes that actually all of us can make in 2023 to really transform our health. Pretty simple to learn. Won't cost a thing, right, Vicki? That's right. Uh, Craig, do you want to talk to me about <laughs> no, I, you know what? We can you know talk what? about that. Let's just go with it. Guilty as charged. We're going to go with it. Good morning, Savannah. Good morning, Hoda. Good morning, Craig. You know what? <laughs> to go electric or not, sales of electric vehicles are going up and up. But is it right for you? Well, coming up, I'm going to have the questions you should ask about your own driving habits, your budget, where you live even, to, to decide if it's time to leave that gas car in the rear view. That's next right here on Today. Back now, 740 with this consumer confidential, focusing on the issues that impact your family's budget. A major one right now, of course, is the price of gas. Yes, the national average rose again overnight, $3.33 a gallon. Given the unpredictability of those prices, there's growing interest in electric vehicles. That's right. Uh, NBC's senior consumer investigative correspondent, Vicki Wynn, is here with that story. Hey, Vic. Hey, good morning, guys. Interest in EVs really is charging up car buyers with a record number sold just last year. Tesla says it's now lowering prices to make its cars more accessible. But will making the switch from a gas to an electric-powered vehicle actually save you money? Plus, the other things you should consider before leaving gas cars in your rear view. This morning, what you should ask before you change lanes. We aren't flying high Jetson style, but the future of cars and trucks is here, with many automakers electrifying their lineup. Some, like Cadillac, vowing to go all electric by 2030 and Lexus by 2035, fueled in part by consumer demand to go green and ditch unpredictable fuel prices. A recent survey revealing more than a third of Americans would consider buying or leasing an EV when in the market for a new ride. But right now, it's tough finding cars, especially electric ones. Why is it so hard to get your hands on an electric vehicle? There's difficulty in the industry building vehicles in general, and EVs being the newest thing on the block with the latest technology are just more difficult to build, and ultimately the supply is just not there. Alex Nizek is an automotive engineer at Consumer Reports. When it comes to price, you may experience a little sticker shock. On average, a new EV now costs around $64,000, nearly $16,000 more than the overall industry average. If you compare similar models, a new gas-powered Hyundai Kona costs around $22,000, the electric version nearly $34,000. But shifting gears from gas to electric can help you save money down the road when it comes to gas and maintenance. A Consumer Reports study found a typical EV owner who mostly charges at home can save up to $1,000 a year on fueling costs, with gas now at more than $3 a gallon. And Nizek says EVs usually spend less time in the shop, saving owners about $4,600 in maintenance and repair fees over the car's lifetime when compared to gas-powered vehicles. The reason for that is EVs tend to have less moving parts. And Nizek says electric vehicles usually require fewer routine checkups. A quick look under the hood, you can see it's usually a storage space. There's no need to replace oil filters or parts like spark plugs. What questions should you ask yourself before you buy an EV? It depends on how you drive and where you drive. If you're taking a lot of road trips and you're going to have to rely on the public charging uh, infrastructure and you're going to be waiting longer and taking more stops to charge the vehicle, 
When planning a long road trip, remember most EVs have a driving range of a little more than 200 miles. And when using a public fast charger, it can take 25 to 60 minutes to juice up. While California and New York have the most charging stations by volume, Vermont has the most per capita. And by 2030, the federal government plans to build a national network of 500,000 EV chargers. Nizek says if you mostly take short trips, running errands or carpooling, look for charging options around town, at work, and especially at home. You can get a basic charging outlet installed in your own garage. Just make sure you hire a licensed electrician. Costs vary, but start around 200 bucks. Depending on where you live, electricity could cost more than gas, and cold weather or extreme heat can drastically reduce an EV's range. Nizek urges consumers to also consider reliability. As more EVs roll out, Nizek says if you can wait, avoid buying first-year models. Allow some time for manufacturers to work out the kinks. All tips to make your next ride a smooth one. So, Vic, what about what about hybrids? I mean, how do they compare as folks look at their options? You know, here's the thing. Car experts say hybrids are the best of both worlds. You have the gas engine, you have the battery engine and a battery, and that helps you with fuel efficiency. Mm-hmm. They've also been around a lot longer than electric cars, so the reliability is there. Just keep in mind, EVs, they're more expensive, but there are federal rebates. $7,500 back for a new EV, $4,000 back for a used. So that helps take some of the bite off of the prices. And if you see Tesla, they're lowering their costs yeah. to help you know attract more buyers. Mm-hmm. To your point, though, once they get that uh, the, the grid in place, That's the thing. it makes it a lot more difficult for a lot of folks to find spots to charge their cars. If you don't have the infrastructure near you, it's kind of a pain to have an EV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All That's right. Great. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you, Vicky. Shift gears now. Get it? Ah. Ow. How about a check of the weather? I like what you're doing there. <laughs> hey, how about a little spring feeling coming up today? Look at these temperatures. Some of them could be record-breaking. St. Louis, 16 degrees above average at 55. Houston, 81. Roanoke, 70 degrees warmer than usual at 62. Tomorrow, Boston, you're going to be at 50 degrees. That's 13 degrees warmer than usual. Baton Rouge, 81. Louisville, almost 60. 60 degrees, but then we're going to see temperatures dip back to more seasonable conditions. By Saturday, New York, we're in 43 for a high 55 in Charlotte, Cincinnati, 43. Little Rock will be in the mid 50s. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. All right, so did you guys in your homes when you were growing up have a lot of snacks or zero snacks? There's, a, there's apparently there's a big debate Snacks. on this. The after school eats. Oh. Oh. Some kids had a lot. Some kids had to make do. Gee, I wonder which where I fall. At we're going we're gonna to talk about it right after this. <laughs> Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Got a bite 
bite-sized dose of nostalgia. That, of course, was the pizza rolls commercial mm -hmm. from the 90s. I love you guys bringing me in for the pizza rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when it came to your after-school routine, you might be able to weigh in on a new debate. A TikTok trend has users reminiscing on the food choices that they had at home. Some say they just had to make do. They're known as a no-snack, or they're using the hashtag <laughs> ingredient household. Others say that they had a fully stocked pantry with things like <laughs> chips and cookies. They're all Butter there. And salt. That hashtag is flying as snack Ooh. household. Were you an ingredient household or a snack so household? So it's basically snack? like it's not whether you snacked or not. It's like whether you had those prepackaged. What was snacks. available to you what was in your pantry? We didn't have any of this fancy yeah. stuff. No, 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 we didn't not. either. Maloney sandwiches. That's right. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. PB and J. I think we had snacks in our house. You know what? I keep seeing pictures of my brother, sister, and I eating like delicious fudge striped I cookies when we were little kids. So I think my I think my parents stocked. I feel it. like we had ingredients, but I just know how much I would want to go to my friend Catherine's house because yeah. she, yeah, she had pockets. Yes, you know. So it's like when you knew you were searching out for like right. snacks at others. Right. I think there was maybe I think something to be said for having the snacks because it teaches exposure, like you said. So yeah. when they do go to right. a friend's not, yes. house, they're not yeah. like, I did exactly. that. Yeah. What's yes. your kids' go-to snack, by the way? Oh, uh, gosh. Um, what are they into? Like popcorn is oh. kind of our oh, happy yeah. medium. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? That's healthy -ish. They, My kids would eat anything in this trash. Oh, sure. right? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goldfish. Uh, uh -huh. How about the girls? Yeah, they're like they're like the rainbow goldfish. Mm -hmm. It's like whatever the package is. But Al, you didn't have this crap in your pantry growing up. Oh, no. No, I mean, we yeah, basically, like I said, it was Wonder Bread, peanut butter and jelly, a little jiff, yeah. little schmuckers, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. That was it. Right. Now with Nick, it's just basically whatever's in there. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like, don't get full before dinner. Remember that? Don't yeah. spoil don't your appetite. Up. Yeah. Just ahead, guys, Broadway legend Kristen Chenoweth is stopping by. We'll chat with her about her powerful and charming new books, the inspiring words she lives by, and 20 years of Wicked. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.